Thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate you being here. I want to say a quick hello to all of our campuses. Let's also give it up for our God Behind Bars guys. We love you guys. Grateful for you. So we're continuing in our series called I Need to Change. And this last week, I, I do this thing. Every other week, I, I talk to our staff and bring a leadership training. And I guess I was kind of already in the same vibe of this series. And so I was talking to them about a message called... Um, how to have a new day. And I brought it to our staff, and then afterwards, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, later on that day, I'm, I'm back home, and, and my son uh, comes in with a friend of his who also uh, serves here at the church, works at the church, and he corners me, Mason did, and he's like, Dad, you have to bring that message this weekend. And I was like, well, I was planning on, get, you know, I mean, it kind of fits still, but I had a different direction. He goes, no, 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 Dad, you need to bring this message. I was like, whoa, this is like, he's normally not that strong, but, you know, he's now large and intimidating, so I was like, maybe I need to do this. <laughs> And so, uh, you know, he, he really cornered me. He said, Dad, you know, I love it, and people love it when God just kind of turns things. I'm telling you, Dad, you don't understand the impact that message just had. You should bring this. I was like, okay, I'm going to hear that. I'm going to listen to that. And uh, I trust my son, and I trust his relationship with God. And so I was like, you know what? Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shift gears a little bit. So God really did something special this last week with this, our staff. So I've adjusted just a little bit for you, but I have a very unique message to bring with you today. It, it still has to do about change, but I believe that maybe God wants you to know that this is a new day for you. Maybe that is just for you today. Maybe God wanted me to bring this message and God used my son to come to me to bring to you to say this is a new day for you. And so I believe that God may have turned the ship. So I'm excited about bringing this to you today. So plot your notes if you would as you do that. Let's say our mission statement together. What are we here to do as a church? We're here to take as many people to heaven as we can before we die, period. That's what we're all about here in church, at Church Unlimited. So again, thank you for being a part of our services today. Uh, there was a guy named Eddie uh, O'Hare. Uh, he was from St. Louis, and uh, he was a, an attorney there, and, and uh, he worked for his father-in-law's uh, grocery company for a number of years. And while he did that, he, he went back to school and, and became a lawyer, and, and he became a very successful lawyer. In fact, he helped patent something that became very successful. He patented the little rabbit, the little rabbit contraption that they put in front of a dog track that dogs followed. So he patented that. So uh, once he did that for a, a very wealthy businessman that had a dog track there in St. Louis, that man passed away shortly after that. So he went to the man's widow and bought the patent. Well, that gave him great opportunity. And so he took that and developed it. And he decided to uh, divorce his wife uh, and move to Chicago. So he took their three kids with him. I'm not sure how that worked out, but somehow he took the kids. He goes to Chicago and he wants to set up business in Chicago. Well, you know, this guy's not really a very nice guy. Obviously, you've already heard some things you probably don't like about him. Well, he became known as Easy Eddie O'Hare and began to work with Al Capone. And so because to do business in Chicago back in the days of Prohibition, you had to work with the true leaders of the city, the people who really ran the city, which was the mob. So he began to work with Al Capone, went into business together. They opened a, a, a dog track there in Chicago, one in Miami, one in Boston, became very wealthy. And so uh, he, he had his three kids that were beginning to grow up. And he noticed his son was uh, getting a little bit of trouble. And so he knows that Butch was having problems, and he realized it was probably because of him because he was hanging out with Al Capone and his guys, right? And so he realized, I need to get my son out of here. So he shipped the son off to military school for high school, hoping that that would kind of turn him around and get him away from the, the bad actors he was around currently. So as he was doing that, um, he, he, uh, his son did have a turnaround at Military Academy. His son reached out to him and said, Dad, I really want to, uh, I think I have a shot. My grades are good. I'd really like to try to make it into the Naval Academy. So he knew what that meant. He knew, well, that's incredible, son. He was really proud of him, the direction he began to go. So he, he said, well, let me see what I can do. I know some congressmen. I'm sure he did. And so he knew some congressmen, and he thought, let me see if I can help you get into Naval Academy. So the very thing that helped his son get into the Naval Academy 
he knew it would be the very thing that hurt him. He knew, realized that my son's name, my son's last name means he's attached to me. And so I know some congressman that will help him get in, but he realized his name is also attached to me. It'll be the very thing that will limit his life. So he began to realize, hanging out with Al Capone and, uh, and, and all of that, that whole shady crew that he was hanging around, he was wealthy for it, but he also realized he was destroying his own family name. And uh, he began to get, basically, internally, he, he felt guilt, realizing my kids have to bear the weight of what their father's doing. And so in one final act of bravery in his life, he decided, because he had the real books on Al Capone, that he called a former, person, a, a former friend in the media in St. Louis to try to be safe about it, to have that person call the IRS to say, please have them secretly contact me. I have the goods on Al Capone. And so Easy Eddie O'Hare is the reason why Capone finally went to prison uh, because he was the one who delivered the actual documents to Elliot Ness, also known as the Untouchables, the people who actually imprisoned Al Capone and brought safety back to Chicago. Here's the problem with that. Even though he did that one act that was right, he knew it was the right thing to do, but he knew he was signing his death certificate at the same time. Shortly after that, within months of Al Capone going to prison, uh, Easy Eddie O'Hare was gunned down in the streets of Chicago. But he knew that was coming, but he knew, even if it cost him my life, at least my boy will know. At least my children will know that there is good in their father. And so he did the right thing and began a new day in his life. Even though he did not have the time to live it out beyond that, he knew, it's okay, my children know the real me, the guy who can make the right decision. Let me ask you that today. Is it time for a new day for you? Now, maybe you haven't been working with the mob. I hope not. But maybe for you, you're saying, I want a new day in my life. I want to do something different. I want a change of pace. I just feel like that it's time for me to turn the corner in my life. Maybe that's you today. Well, I believe this message is for you. So I want to give you some things to write down today. I'm excited about this. You know how many times it says the word new in the Bible? I mean, it's almost incalculable how many times the word new is throughout Scripture. And so as you look at that, I just want to point out a few. Here's one. It says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, a new thing, uh, new things have come. And so God is always wanting to renew us, to make us new. And, and if he wants to make us new, he also wants to send new things our way, new relationship, new opportunities, new thoughts, new habits, a new career path, uh, new, new investments, new things happening in your family, in your marriage. He wants to make all that new. And so I believe that today is a new day for you. So how do you really have a new day? Well, the problem with a new day, of course, you say, well, it's easy to have a new day. Fall asleep, you wake up, it's a new day, right? You think, I mean, isn't that the way you have a new day? Well, that's the way you turn the clock, but isn't it true that if we stay the same, that we're really just doing the same old, same old from yesterday, today? So the only way to really have a new day is have a new you. And so have you figured out that sometimes your circumstances aren't gonna change? You still got the boss you've had that's been difficult for a number of years now. You still have, this, some of my employees are shaking their head. What are you doing shaking your head? That's not right, that's, that's very offensive. The thing is, is that oftentimes we, we kind of had the same situation, right? Same problems, same old sore back, same old bills that are due. But, but maybe all that could change by just, and since all those circumstances around you aren't changing, maybe God's trying to change you in them. So the, be, the best way to have a new day is not to suddenly get rid of all your problems, but instead let's just get a new you. And if we have a new you, a new mindset can face those same challenges in a new way. And all of a sudden you have a new 
day. So let's unpack that. How can we do that? I want to give you six quick things here. I'm going to go pretty fast. And so here's the first thing you need to know. Number one, you get fresh mercy every day. So put tomorrow behind you. It says in Lamentations, through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I've got great news for you today. You may be stuck in something from the past, but today is a new day because his mercy covers it every day. In fact, you don't need to carry that guilt any longer. It's a new day. Isn't that good to know? It's a new day for you. I want to encourage you with this, that, you know, if you say, but I feel so guilty for the things I've done for my past. Well, if you're carrying around guilt, what you're really saying to God is your cross wasn't enough. And his cross was enough. He covered all of our sin. Not one was left out. And so he has covered you. It is truly a new day. Let today be a new day to say, God, thank you that I'm covered. My past is gone. I am free from that shame and that guilt. And I start fresh in Christ right now. This is your new day. This is your new day. Number two, I wanna challenge you to pray in a new way so you can hear from God in a new way. This may sound kind of simple, but I wanna challenge you to spice things up in your prayer life. If you don't have a prayer life, spicing it up would be having a prayer life, right? And so just begin, beginning to pray beyond, God, thank you for this food. Go a little bit past that and say, God, I wanna thank you for this day. I wanna thank you for my job. I wanna thank you for my marriage. I wanna thank you for my kids and begin to thank God. There's all kinds of new ways you can pray. Look what it says in Joel chapter two. He says, after all of this, I will pour out my spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, on all kinds of people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your elderly will have revelatory dreams. Your young men will see prophetic visions. So it says twice, it says your, your daughters and your men are gonna, are, gonna, are gonna what? They're gonna prophesy. Prophesy means to speak of something that hasn't happened yet, but it's about to. Isn't that good? So when the Holy Spirit comes over you, he will begin to share things with you that are about to come to pass. New things are happening in your life. It also says, it says your elderly will have revelatory dreams. Revel revelatory means revealed. He's gonna reveal new things. You say, but I'm getting older. You know what? You don't have to get older like your body's getting older. You can be renewed on the inside. How? Because God reveals new things to you. And so do not let your body tell you how old you are. Let your mind tell you how old you are. Renew my mind, God. Give me a newness. Give me a new idea. Give me fresh insight. Give me fresh vision for my life. I'm not done if I'm still on this earth. And so God has new things for me to do. So what that means is he wants to reveal new things. He wants to tell you about what's about to happen in your life. How does that happen? It happens when you begin to pray. This may sound kind of funny, but I want to challenge you to pray in a new way. You know, I'm writing a book right now on prayer and I'm kind of finishing up the last few chapters. And one of the chapters that I'm excited about is a chapter where I got a chance to text all my friends around the country that have great ministries and are great leaders and just ask them advice on how they pray in a unique way. I've got some of the coolest answers from that. I was just, uh, the other day, Lincoln Brewster reached out and he texted me and he said, I'd be glad to help you out with this. Here's one of the things I do in my prayer life. He told me, he said, I just make a thankful list. I just start writing down all the things I'm thankful for. And by the end of that list, I'm so grateful for God. I just feel so close to him. I thought, what a beautiful thing to do, right? Anyone can do that. You just write out the things you're thankful for. And if, if, you, if you can't find anything to be thankful for, then that needs, you, you need a heart change. We're grateful for our friendships. You're probably sitting next to someone you're thankful for right now. I hope you're thankful for your church and your pastor. Please help me out here. And so let's be thankful for all that God's given us, right? You're thankful for your marriage, thankful for your kids, thankful for your health, thankful for the job you have, thankful for the economy, thank you, thankful that we live in a free nation. That's a wonderful thing. If you're not thankful for that, go try another nation for a little while. You'll come back thankful. I know some people that probably need to do that. Go try another nation and come back and be, wow, this is a pretty amazing place, right? And so let's become thankful. I, I, was, I was texting some other friends, a friend of mine named Miles McPherson. He's a pastor in San Diego and, and an author, a great, great friend. And, and uh, I said, hey man, what do you do? That you, how do you pray differently? And he said, you know, this may sound funny, but one of the things I do, I pray in Spanish. 
Spanish is a second language for him. He said, so when I pray in Spanish, I have to think about the words I'm praying in greater detail to think what would the word be for that in Spanish. He said, and so it makes me think about what I'm praying about. It keeps you from getting in that rote prayer that you just say every single time to where you just kind of forget the words you're saying. And so it forces him to think differently. One of the things I like to do when I pray that's different for me is I, I pace and pray. And so what that means is that in our old home that my kids kind of grew up in when they were little, uh, upstairs there was a hallway that connected all of our rooms. My wife and I were at the end the hallway, and then there was my boy's room, and then my daughter's room at the other end. And so I would, when they all went to sleep, I would just pace, and I would pray. And oftentimes when they were asleep, I'd slip into the rooms and just pray over them, and then come back out, and I would pace and pray all along that hallway. Well, that habit has continued with me in our new home, and I now pace and pray as well. And so in our new home, I have a little, almost like a little runway for me, and so I just pace, and I just begin to pray. You say, well, what do you pray about? You ever ran out of things to pray about? Has this happened to anyone? Maybe this has happened to you? Can I teach you something that my mother taught me that I, I've learned as a little kid that really works? Do the ABCs of prayer. And so I prayed. My, my, my son the other day was asking me, how, how do you do that, Dad? And I was let me explain it to you. So I'll just say something like this. God, I want to thank you for Cole. I want to thank you. Lord, I pray, A, that you'd make him absolutely committed to you. B, I pray that he would be bold in his faith. C, I pray that you'd give him courage. D, I pray he'd be devoted to your call. E, I pray, God, that he would do things with excellence. F, I pray, God, that he would overcome failure fast. God, I pray, G, that he would be a godly young man. H, I pray, God, that he would hold out for you and the one that you have for him. I, I pray, God, that he would not be about himself, but he'd be about others. See how that works? Isn't that incredible? Did someone just learn something today about how you can begin to pray? pray. Isn't that simple? It's simple, but it's different. You know what? I've been married 25 years and I've learned over 25 years to spice things up occasionally. You know what that means? Don't think anything dirty right now, okay? Everybody chill out, okay? But I will tell you this, what I've learned is that when you do things a little bit different in your marriage, guess what? It brings a new freshness to your marriage. It's a wonderful thing. That's how I've stayed in love all these years. First of all, it's not hard to stay in love with my wife. As, as oftentimes I tell single people, you know, marriage is like real estate. It's all in the purchase. You know what I'm saying? So you do well in the front and everything goes well in the back end. So that's how that works. And so, but I will just tell you this, you know how you can spice things up in your relationship with God? Do something different. Another thing I like to do sometimes, I'll come and I pace and pray, but I'll also sometimes I'll come, if I'm praying something specifically about the church, I'll come up here and I'll walk around the property. You ever see Pastor Bill walk around the property? I'm not just sweating it out and getting the exercise, I'm seeking the Lord. And so one of the things I love to do is I love to circle. My friend Mark Batterson wrote a book called Circle Maker. So he, will, he used to circle the city in DC when he moved there to plant the church. We kind of planted churches a similar time. And so uh, we kind of connect that way, but, but he just would walk around the city and pray. And I've done the same thing, I'll drive around the city. But also before we go plant a location, I'll go to that area and I'm, and I'm literally, I get out of my car and I just start walking the area and just praying. And so I want to encourage you to do the same thing. What are you praying about? Go to that location and walk it and pray. You're looking at which college to go to, students? Go to the campus. Walk around and pray. God will show you why you're there. He'll make it very clear where he wants you to be. Whatever it is you're looking at doing, go and pray, but circle it and just begin to pray. So what I want to challenge you to do here is do something new and you'll hear from God in a new way. He will speak to you. Number three, allow God to renew your mind. This kind of has to do the same thing. How can God renew your mind? In prayer. It says in Romans chapter 12, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. And so how do you know the will of God? You got to have a new mind. Could it be that God's given you his will, but you're thinking about his, the things he's telling you with an old mind, so you're not open? to it. We have to let God renew our mind and our thoughts. You have to have the thoughts of faith. So when God gives you that new idea, you can embrace it. It says in 2 Corinthians 4, so we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. What does that mean? It means you may be going through some stuff, but the best way to go through difficulties is to let God renew your mind in the middle of it. If God's not taking your cancer yet, he wants to renew your mind while you got it. 
If God hasn't fixed your problem yet, he wants to renew your mind while you got that problem. There must be a reason. There's some reason attached to the problem you can't get rid of. And I promise you this, it's an opportunity for God to renew your mind. Nothing makes you go to God like a problem. And so some of you right now need to turn to your teenager and go, you make me go to God. <laughs> no, I want to encourage you with this though. Whatever you're facing, whatever difficulty you've got going on, let it draw you to God. It will, let, it will be an opportunity for God, number three, to renew your mind. Allow God to renew your mind. Number four, now in this process, gain new knowledge. Gain new knowledge. Colossians 3 says this, but now you must put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, See, seeing that you have put off all the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Could it be that you're one piece of information away from everything changing for you? Can I just challenge you with this? Maybe you feel stuck in something. Maybe your business is stuck. Could you be one piece of information away from your business really taking off again? I've seen people light up in this. One of the things I like to do is I like to mentor business people. So a lot of times I get together with business owners in, in our community and, and especially in our church at our different campuses and I just start connecting with them. I've had so much fun doing that. A number of years ago, I did a mentoring thing where we just got about 20 uh, business leaders together and uh, I challenged them. I made them pay for the event because I wanted to make sure you, count, you, you cared enough to actually be there, that you actually applied what you're doing. And guess what? Man, we saw businesses explode. Uh, we saw investments go through the roof. Why? It wasn't because I'm so brilliant. It's because I was just saying, have you thought about that. And they're like, I've not thought about that. And all of a sudden they open their minds to new ideas and new ways of doing things. I want to challenge you with this. Could you be one piece of new information away from everything changing in your business? Or how about your marriage? You know, oftentimes you're stuck, excuse me, oftentimes you're stuck in your marriage, and, but you get that, that, that marriage book and you think, oh, I'm not going to read this cheesy marriage book. Go ahead and do it. It's probably not as cheesy as you think. And when you begin to dig in, you'll find that one little nugget that may be worth it. Maybe in chapter three, four, or five, you have to keep going, but you get that one nugget and you're like, wow, that really works. That really impacted my marriage, that, that simple thing I learned. So you just never know what's gonna suddenly set you free. New knowledge is a game changer. But remember this, Ecclesiastes 1 says this, there is nothing new under the sun. You know what it tells me? It tells me that oftentimes new knowledge, what's new to you is old to someone else. Let me say that again. What's a new day to you is an old day to someone else. So I like to find people who have already done what I wanna do. So I like to go back and say, hey, you remember back in the day when you did that? They're like, yeah, well, I'm trying to do that now. What, what could you tell me? So find someone who's already, find someone who 20 years ago, like, oh, I did that years ago. Go top, find that person. How'd you do that? Because I'm trying to do that now. Someone's already done what you want to do. Someone's already got what you want to have. Someone's already become who you want to become. And so go find out what they have done. Someone's old days is the new day you are looking for. So go find that out. Let me also say this about new days and new seasons in your life. You can't embrace a new season holding on to old relationships. Let me say that again. You can't embrace a new season holding on to old relationships. No, this not, don't leave here and go, yeah, honey, I, according to God's word, I gotta divorce you because you know it's a new season. No, that's not, no. No, that's a covenant relationship, which means it's sealed by God. He does not want you doing that. But you know what you can do? You can approach your spouse in a new way and have a new season in the marriage you're already in. God wants to do that all day long for you. He really does. And so, but oftentimes there's new relationships. Here's what I mean by that. New friendships, new connections, new mentors. And so you may be one new relationship away from everything changing. And so I want to encourage you to embrace that. Sometimes you're just, you, you have to allow your relationships to shift and to change a little bit. You know, for years I, I struggled with this because we first started the church, I felt like I was just kind of everyone's buddy on staff. And I realized as the church has gotten larger, I really can't be everyone's buddy. I've got to be their boss. I have to be the leader for them. And so that's changing. And I thought it, I was like, no, no, we're just friends. It's cool. We're and they were like, no, we don't see it that way. And I realized that there's no way around it. They're not going to see it that way. So I just embraced the relationship we have, which is I connect 
connect with people, but I have to understand at the end of the day, they're not going to totally let their hair down with me because I'm, I'm not just their buddy. I'm their boss. I understand that. And so it's okay for you to have a new season in your relationships or how you're approached. There's nothing wrong with that. Parents, if you don't understand this, you're going to be stuck in the season thinking your buddies with your teenager and you're not. You're their parent. So you have to understand that there was a season for you to have buddies. You're not in that season once you're pregnant. There are those seasons gone. Now you're going to be a parent. And so you have to shift gears. I'm supposed to lead them, not simply get them to like me. And so that's a big deal. So you have to understand there's a, there's a shift that goes on. Let me, let me just stop on this real quick. I want to just stop real quick. This is a big deal. Could it be that you're trying to figure out why things aren't working out in a friendship or relationship and you can't figure out what's, man, I feel like we're always at odds and it's just not working, maybe in a job situation or a ministry situation. Could it be that you just haven't acknowledged that that season's over? Could it be that the only one left that hasn't acknowledged it is you? When you're like, I don't understand what I did. I mean, it's like I just don't connect with these people anymore. I don't know what's going on. I, I just, I don't, there's something wrong here. And I'm trying, and it's just not working. And I'm trying, and it's not working. That's because the Lord's allowed it to dry up. And the reason why is because he says, get up and get moving. I got something different for you now. So sometimes God lets seasons in, not because they're bad people or you're a bad person. Don't fall into that thing. Oh, we had to figure out who's wrong and who's this and that. No, 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 no. Don't always have to demonize everybody. It could just be a new season. And so I want to encourage you with this. It's okay to lovingly let some people go in your life. There's some people that when I, when I get back together, I don't have anything in common with them anymore. I've entered a new season. That's just an old season. And so I embrace him and, hey, man, great to see you, but that's about it. I'm not going to go hang out and stuff because I don't, I don't have anything in common with you. Does that make sense? It's okay to embrace your new season. Oftentimes, we're stretching like, oh, I just feel like I want this in my life. I feel like, God, you're leaving this. I can't quite reach this because you haven't let go over here. You got to let go so you can reach. Sometimes it's hard, but are you holding on to an old season that just doesn't connect anymore? It's time to embrace the new season God wants to give you. New relationships come with a new season. And by the way, sometimes when you're not willing to embrace it, God will cut it off in the old season. And you know what? I got some good news for you. If you're being hurt by that right now, here's some good news for you. Rejection is God's protection. So God will allow some relationships to die that you didn't want to die because if he let them continue, you would miss your future. God has big plans for you. I said, just trust the Lord. What's hard is it's in that letting go, and before you embrace, it's in that in-between that you got to have faith. you got to have faith to embrace what's not there yet. you got the faith to break up with someone that you can see to embrace someone that you can't see. you got to have faith that they're there. Trust the Lord. Lean not on your own understanding. He's got you. Trust the Lord. Oh, it got quiet in here. It's almost like God's doing something right now in our hearts and our lives. It's almost like God brought a message specifically for someone today because he's trying to tell you this is a new day and I'm trying to lead you into a new season. Number five, put on your eyes of faith to see new ideas and opportunities. Put on your eyes of faith to see new ideas and new opportunities. And he who is seated on the throne said, behold, I'm making all things new. We know the scripture well because God is making all things new right now in Rockport, Texas, and we're building a building right now there because he's making all things new. It's exciting, right? Come on, let's give it up for our Rockport campus. It's exciting. That building's going up. It's exciting. Behold, I'm making all things new. He also said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, it is done. I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. God is the one who begins a new season. He'll sustain you through it, and he'll also be there at the end of that season. So you gotta trust the Lord, his beginning, the middle, and the end. I don't know what you're in the middle of, but you need to trust God. He is with you. But let me just tell you this. I wanna remind you this. He's the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning and the end. But let me tell you something else. That means what he starts, he finishes. But what he didn't start, 
he's not obligated to finish. So when you go to God, God, my, my boyfriend and I are just having fights and this and that. God's like, you mean the one I told you not to be with? Don't ask me to help with that. Don't ask God to help you with something you got yourself into. He will not finish what you started. He finishes what he started. Make sense? We got to embrace what the Lord has for us, not what we think we have. We got to quit telling God what our will is and start saying, God, what is your will? His will is better, I promise you. And so go with his will. It says in scripture, it says in Isaiah, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth, and do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. He says, I'm so good, I'll provide a river in the middle of the Sahara if I have to. And so you know what? We need to quit worrying about resources and start just trusting God. Because where God guides, he provides. You just do what the Lord told you to do, and he'll provide what you need. You just got to trust him with that. So what does this mean for you and me today? Number five, put on your eyes of faith to see the new ideas and new opportunities right where you are. Oftentimes the opportunity is right in front of us and we just aren't embracing it because we don't see it with eyes of faith. We see it as a problem rather than as a promotion. But if you'll fix the problem at work, that's how you get the promotion. Oh, I always have all these problems. Fix the problems. That's what you're there for. It's called job security. Fix the problem. Everywhere I turn, there's a mess. Right, you're a custodian. That's what you do. There's going to be messes everywhere you turn. That's, yeah, that's what it is. Right? I mean, all these people are sick all the time. Right, you're a doctor. You're a nurse. You should be thankful for sickness. That's what keeps you employed. Right? So I always have a job because all you screwed up people keep showing up. I've got to get you all fixed. I mean, I mean, you know, it's... The truth is this. My job is to encourage you. My job is to build you up. And so in the same way, your job is to help someone with your gifts and your talents. It's a good thing. Don't complain about the problems in your life. That's what keeps you going. You fix hurts, Mom. That's what you do. We need you, right? You bring leadership, Dad. That's what you do. We, we need you. You bring protection and provision. So don't complain about those things that you get to do. I got to do this. No, you get to do it. It's an honor. So I want to encourage you to put on your eyes of faith. See the same problem you have as an opportunity. It's your opportunity that's right in front of you. The obstacle that you're facing right now is actually the way God's leading you. And that's an opportunity for you to overcome that obstacle because it's not just you overcome, but it's who you become while you overcome it. So God's going to renew you. He's going to change you through those obstacles. Those are good things. They're not bad things. So put on your eyes of faith. See it in a new and a fresh way. And then number six, to gain momentum, you have to do something new while building on something old. Let me show you the scripture. It says in uh, Jeremiah 31, the time is coming when I will make a brand new covenant. By the way, covenant with Israel. The word covenant means a commitment. It's a sealed commitment between God and his people. Uh, marriage is a covenant. It's a sealed commitment between you and someone else and God. So he sealed it. That's not to be broken. Here's the great thing about a covenant, by the way. Let me just explain this to you. Covenant means that it's kept through God. So here's the good news. The pressure's off of you. He says, I'm going to bring a new covenant with you. God says, I'm going to be there for you. I got you, right? And it's not based upon your performance. It's based upon God's love for you. Isn't it good to know that? God's basically saying, I'm guaranteeing the win for you if you'll just trust me. That's what he's saying to you. Whatever you're facing, God says, I guarantee the win. We're in covenant. I got you. God has your back. The fight you're in, it's fixed. You win in the end. That's what scripture tells us. You're gonna win. Someone get excited, you're gonna win. It's true. But he says this to people. He's been hanging out with them for a long time. He doesn't say, I'm tired of you, Israel. You guys are always flaky and always finding some false God. I'm gonna go on to Egypt. He doesn't say that. He says, no, you're my people. 
I'm sticking with you. I'm just going to give you a new covenant. So how does God make things new in his relationship with us? He brings a new covenant. He says this, it won't be a repeat of the covenant I made with your, with your ancestors. This is a brand new covenant that I will make with Israel. When the time comes, I will put my law within them, write it on their hearts and be their God. And they will be my people. They will no longer, listen, listen. They will no longer go around setting up schools to teach each other about God. They'll know me firsthand. I'll wipe the slate clean for, for each of them. I'll forget they ever sinned. God's decree. Here's what God's saying. He's saying, no longer are you going to be talking about me. You're going to be talking to me. No longer are you going to sing songs about God. You're going to sing songs to God. God says, no longer are you going to hear about me from a distance. I'm going to be among you because I want to walk with you. That's the new covenant God gives us. Isn't that good? That's what he wants to do. So he says, I'm not going to throw out my old people. I'm going to renew them. That's how that works. And so I want to challenge you that, that if you want something new with momentum in your life, you have to take something old, keep it, and just bring something new to it. Let me, let me tell you what I mean. I know a lot of people think, if I just get out of this marriage, I could get a fresh new start with someone new, and it'd be great, right? No, well, I mean, there'll be excitement, I guess, on the front end, but what you're having to do is start over in every area of the marriage. And so you don't think you're going to hit hard times with someone new? You don't think that three, five, ten years in that you're going to have the same issues you had with someone old? I mean, that's just, that's really naive, honestly. In fact, the complications are far more because now you bring your kids, they bring their kids. There's all kinds of complications that come into that. And so I'm just, I'm just letting you know right now, it's not as simple as you're imagining. And so rather than always discarding that old job, that old marriage, that, 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 that old friendship, that old church, that old ministry, why, instead, why don't you just bring something new to it? To the same old job, same old marriage, same old family, same old church. Why don't you just bring something new to it? Just add something. That's how you get momentum. Don't start over all the time. Instead, just add something new to gain momentum to that. See, I've been married for 25 years, and we have momentum in our marriage. I've got a great family. I love my wife. She's still as gorgeous as can be. I'm still in love with her. That's because we've added something new. We've added momentum to it to where we've taken a marriage that's, that's been for a long time, and we just keep it fresh. Does that make sense? Let me show you some, some people that have done this with products, by the way. This is, there's some products. Maybe you've heard of these. This is a brand new product. Just came out. Maybe you've heard of it. It's called Listerine. <laughs> You're like, that's not new, Pastor. That's not even close to new, right? You've probably heard of Listerine. Oh, no, but this one says Listerine new. <laughs> so the key is to add the word new. And now it's new, right? No, no, no. I'm sorry. I looked at this one. This is called Nightly Reset. I don't know what that means. I don't know. It means, oh, works hard to erase the effects of the day. So whatever crap you ate, this will erase it. <laughs> I'm drinking this right now. Oh, wait. No, I'm swashing with it. Sorry. Listerine. This seems like a new product. It's so shiny and nice. But I was looking it up. Listerine was first invented and brought to the market in 1879. Does that sound new? But it looks new, doesn't it? New packaging looks new. They just, they just mix it up, add something new, right? And so that's important. How about this one? Uh, here's another one called Kaboom. Kaboom. Right? You're like, oh, wow, kaboom, it's cool. And it says, wait, new formula, right? Oh, this one has OxyClean in it. So they took something other, another product, and they mixed it in with it. Oh, so one of the keys in keeping things fresh is to take something else and mix it in? I could do that. that that's not So we need new greeters. These greeters, no, 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 you don't need to throw away the greeters. Just add some new greeters to it. You know, get, just, just freshen it up. Just do something a little different in the way you greet to make the greeters new, right? The greeters around here love it when we give new t-shirts. They're all like, oh, we'll give a new shirt. I love their excitement for that. They're like, oh, we got a new shirt. It's so cool. And they're all proud of it, especially the young single female greeters. They're like, hi. Welcome to Church Unlimited. Here's your bulletin. It's my number in the bottom corner if you need anything. So anyways, the point is this. Don't be afraid to uh, mix it up a little bit there. So Kaboom, by the way, you probably, you probably haven't heard of Kaboom. You think that's, not, that's a new product. I've never heard of it. Actually, it used to be called Arm & Hammer. And you're like, oh, 
Okay, so you just mix it up a little bit. They add something to use. They could spray it now instead of just rubbing it on, right? So it used to be called Armour & Hammer, and uh, it was originated, brand new product in 1847. <laughs> so apparently you can make, take something old and make it new. How about this one? You've probably never heard of this one. It's called Tide. Probably no one's heard of that. Oh, no, this isn't just Tide. It's Tide Plus. <laughs> There's a plus sign. I was looking. Oh, no, no. Oh, no, this one has a touch of Downy in it. So the, the owners of Downy, which are probably also the owners of Tide, they brought some down, he put it in the tide, now it's all new. It's the same tide, right? But, but how many of us are still buying this product? I've been buying this product for years, right? Tide was invented in 1949. This is really not that new of a product, right? But they keep renewing it, you keep buying it. Why, they, they just add some, now they got Tide pods, right? And then it was, I remember the first like two and one, right? They had one little ingredient, it was three and one, now it's like four or five and one. Eventually it's, it's gonna be like 99 and one, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know what they're putting in there. It's crazy. You know, there's all kinds of stuff they're mixing in there. And so, but Tide keeps renewing themselves. That's why you keep buying it. They have to take an old product and make you think, this is new and fresh. I want to buy it. So they just renew it. And, and here's a couple more. Uh, I love this one. This is called Tresemme, I thought. But then I was corrected by the ladies. What's it actually called, ladies? Tresemme. Tresemme. <laughs> I'm a guy, okay? We just call it Tresemme, all right? No, no, it's Tresemme. <laughs> I just love saying that. This is... You ever tried Tresemme? <laughs> Anyways, so Tresemme, it says, oh, it's used by pros. So like, I'm a pro hair washer. She's <laughs> by pros. And it says, new look. I love that. They're just honest. Like, we didn't change anything. Just new look. I appreciate your honesty. Like, it's the same old stuff. I just put a new bottle in there. That's it. So it's just a new look. But no, no, no. But I look closely. No, no, no. This says, with Moroccan oil. Doesn't everyone need Moroccan oil in their shampoo? I mean, come on. So they're always adding new things to keep us buying, right? So they're adding to it. Tresemme <laughs> was first made in 1947. Not new, just renewed, right? And, and one last one, you probably never heard of this thing. This is a company you've never heard of unless you watch the Super Bowl. It's called Dove, <laughs> right? How many of you guys have a Dove product at your house right now? I do, right? Dove is very popular. Uh, this was, Dove was first invented in 1957. Again, not a new product, but this dove, oh no, this just says new look. I love the honesty, like we didn't change anything, just a new look, that's it. And so I love this. In fact, maybe, maybe that's kind of how church should be. Maybe it's that we're teaching the same old gospel, same Jesus, same Bible, but we've just made it kind of a new look, new songs, new fresh everything, but it's still the same old God, the same gospel, the same Jesus, the same salvation. Let God take something old and simply renew it. God wants to renew your marriage. He wants to renew your commitment to, to the house of God. He wants to renew your view of the church that you've been coming to for years. He wants to renew the career you've been in for years. And so you don't have to leave all that. Just let God refresh you and renew you. So Butch O'Hare was the child of Easy Eddie O'Hare that went to the Naval Academy. Remember the story? He went to the Naval Academy, and while he was there, his father did his very courageous act that was also signing his own death warrant and turned in all the papers on Al Capone, the true books. So Capone went to jail. Uh, Butch was obviously worried about his father, and sure enough, months after that, his father was gunned down in the streets of Chicago. Well, Butch, they gave him a little time off from the Naval Academy so he could go to his father's funeral, which he did. He goes back to the Naval Academy after that, knowing his father did one right thing in his life, and he knew, I mean, he loved his dad, he's still his father but he knew that his dad did one courageous act. He went back to the Naval Academy, finished up. Then the war broke out because of Pearl Harbor. He ended up uh, being put on a ship. Maybe you've heard of it. It's called the USS Lexington. 
he ended up on that ship, and they were going out into the, the ocean, uh, right, the, the Japanese ocean, basically. They were there, and they were actually heading to Papua New Guinea, and on the way there, they were going to attack Japan, and on the way there, one of the snoopers, which is just a spy plane for, the Jap- for Japanese, uh, were, were watching. They, they basically saw him at a distance, went back and reported that the, the Lexington was coming for them, and so then they did their own surprise attack on the USS Lexington. They weren't prepared for it. And so bombers came out of nowhere and began to bomb like crazy the USS Lexington. And uh, they were in the middle of nowhere, and there was no support for them that could be found quickly. That could, they couldn't race up planes to get them in the air because they were being bombed. It was like Pearl Harbor. You know, we couldn't get planes up in the air because they were being bombed. And so every time a plane would start to take off, they'd bomb it. And so that kept happening on the USS Lexington. And so finally they had finished their first round of bombing, and as they all left and a new fresh set of planes were coming to bomb a second time so they could literally sink the USS Lexington, Butch O'Hare and his partner got the one pl- their one plane off the ground, basically up from the USS Lexington. When they got it up, they couldn't get any other plane scrambled time. He didn't even know what the weaponry was. They had no time to load it with new bullets or new weapons of any sort. So whatever he had is what he had. He should have scrambled to get up. So he got up. When he did, he was radioed. They said, there are a whole fresh set of bombers coming. He said, I need support. We can't get them up. There's no planes ready right now. So he single-handedly had to take on uh, six different planes. He downed five Japanese bombers in the middle of the ocean alone. And he is credited as the one who saved USS Lexington. It would not be parked in front of Corpus Christi's bay right now. It would be sunk in the middle of the ocean had it not been for Butch O'Hare. In fact, after that, President Roosevelt gave him the Medal of Honor. And here's the best part. Chicago, who knew his father as a very notorious and evil man, renamed their airport the Chicago O'Hare International Airport. It's amazing what you can do if you're willing to make a change. If you're willing to embrace a new day, even when everyone says you're this way, you say, no, I'm not. I have something good in me. God has something fresh in me. And don't just do it for you. Do it for the next generation. Because you don't realize what your kids are seeing from you. So maybe your new day is not even about you. You say, oh, I'm okay. I'm okay with my old day. But yeah, but your kids aren't. They need to see the new you. The next generation needs to see you embrace God like never before. The next generation needs to see you take on that new covenant like Israel did. The next generation needs to see you in your new day so you can inspire them, lead them. There are others watching you right now. And I believe that God brought you here. I believe God brought my son in the room to say, Dad, that needs to be told to people Sunday. Because I think God knew you were going to be here. So right now, would you bow your head? Every head bowed, every eye closed. During this prayer time, I just want to challenge you during this prayer time to give God your best. Just say, God, I, I want this to be a new day. And I realize I can't expect that unless I'm willing to give you a new commitment. So today, make this your new commitment. Say, God, I want a new day, and I know that means I need to step it up. So Lord, I want to make your house a priority. I want to make your word a priority. I want to make following you a priority. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, would you put the Lord first in your life? If today God is speaking to you about a new day, maybe you need to let go of some old things. If that's you today, would you lift your hand? If you know God's saying, God, let go. A lot of hands by faith going up right now. That's not easy, I understand. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, if God's speaking to you about a new day with an old thing, something that you already have in your life, but it's time to just renew it. If that's you today, lift your hand high to God. Say, God, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna add something new. I'm gonna mix it up. Spice up that prayer life. Make a new commitment to God. What is it he's leading you to do? Whatever it is, do it. Right now, during this prayer time, I want to encourage you. If you've never trusted your heart with Christ, he brought the new covenant. 
God sent his son, Jesus, to die on the cross for you and me. If we'll simply accept what he's done for us, that he died for our sin, he will give us a new relationship with him and a new day. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, you can pray this prayer with me right now. We're going to pray it across all of our campuses right now. Say Say this out loud with me. Say, dear Jesus, I realize I need you. I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe you paid the price for my sin. And I believe you rose again. I ask you to come into my heart, be my Lord, and be my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In your name we pray. Amen.